this looks like a beaten down, broken hockey team right now, doesn't it? Anybody have like a, what are they, five-hour energy? Anybody have some five-hour energy for these guys? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. Capital six, Penguins one, completing a two-day trip through the NHL's two capital cities in which the Penguins were outscored by a combined 12-4. to And yeah, that meant that they had to lose to the Senators. Not even the Senators, but like the, the Belleville Senators up in Ottawa by a 6-3 count because they were missing pretty much half their team to COVID protocol. Just not at all a good weekend for the team. Not in results, not in aesthetics. They look like they're ready to just keel over. And I can't even fake being surprised by this because there's only so long you can go trying to do what they did on that opening trip in Florida. I asked Mike Sullivan that night in Tampa when he was getting you know, and, and rightly so, all these questions about how awesome they were and everything else. And I looked at him and I said, Michael, this is a hard way to play, isn't it? And he gave his standard, yeah, but it's what we expect and it's what we require. It's what we demand. And this is the way we're built. We have the roster built this way. And he's right. It can be achieved and it can be achieved on a consistent basis. The problem is when the punches keep coming and coming and coming and you think you're about to get through it and you get Sidney Crosby back for the game against the Devils and then Sid goes on the COVID list and you think you're about to get this defenseman or that defenseman back and then one or two or even three more are gone just like that. Marcus Pedersen's back, then he's gone. Then he's back again. Then he can't go to Canada. Now somebody else can't go to Canada. (laughs) It's like they've had not a prayer of establishing any kind of cohesion or consistency beyond what we saw at the very outset. And as impressive as that was, I'm going to say it again, it wasn't sustainable. So what you have now, it's a challenge. It's a challenge because it's no longer just about waiting it out until Sid or Gino and everybody else is healthy and ready. Now it's about a brutal schedule, including a ton of travel and a ton of tougher opponents. And I don't want to get excessively dramatic here, but this could be where the season sinks or swims this portion of 
Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 from you is enough to make five full meals for those in need. pittsburghfoodbank.org. Here's some of what Jake Gensel had to say last night in Washington after the game. Uh, yeah, it just, um, just feels like it's we're fighting a little bit and we're not just keeping it simple. I think we just got to get back to um, keeping it simple, shooting the puck, and, and if we have a shoot-first mentality, um, hopefully the rebounds or tips or, or you can break down coverages that way. So um, I think if we just, uh, we just need that first one to go in and hopefully it gives us some confidence and move on from there. Let's remember now that in addition to the Penguins already having endured a month like this, they've also endured a month of having to give answers to questions that they know are inauthentic, meaning they can't say to people like me and other reporters, well, listen, this is really tough trying to manufacture a power play without Sid and Gino or anybody else has been gone. At times, there was only one regular member of the power play participating on the first unit. One. There's a reason the power play hasn't scored in, like, weeks. And that's principally it. But nobody can say that. So they have to sound the way you just heard Jake. They can't say we're missing this guy, that guy. They can't say, well, listen, you know, Sid looked a a little rough tonight because he's played, like, two games in eight months or something. So what did you think we were going to get out of Sid? (laughs) You just can't do that, and they shouldn't, and they wouldn't. So if the answer starts sounding a little dry to you or some of the quotes or the commentary, that's why. That's why. But hey, hey, listen, enough of that. Let's, let's, Let's look forward here. What do you need to do to get out of it? How do you snap out of this? How do you find this five-hour energy that I referenced? I have a suggestion, and I'm going to say this as if it's an easy thing. (laughs) It definitely isn't. Score some goals. There. Cured. Just like that. No, 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 listen. Every coach at every level of this beautiful game will agree with me when I say that there's nothing that energizes Hockey players like scoring goals. Everyone feels good about themselves. Everyone gets a little bit more confident and, yes, a little bit more energized. Who's been the Penguins' most energetic player of late? Well, it's Evan Rodriguez. What came first, cart or horse? Evan scoring a bunch of goals and feeling good about himself? Or Evan feeling good about himself and scoring a bunch of goals? My guess it's the goals that came first. And he's still bouncing around and flying around and everything else. We saw it again over the weekend. More guys need to do that. And in order to do that, the Penguins have to do, so I'll get a little bit more specific here, two things. 
Number one, they need to set themselves up in a spirit that's a lot more closely aligned with what the Capitals were doing last night in D.C. at 5-on-5, which is just so simple and basic. Capitals would just get it to the point. John Carlson or Dmitry Orlov or whoever would fire it, and they would have X number of bodies there in front. And it didn't matter who it was. It didn't have to be a designated net front presence. Sometimes it was Evgeny Kuznetsov, who nobody thinks of that way, but he also knows where the goals are. That's where you go for the goals. You get the puck to the net, and you have people there. They do screens and deflections and rebounds and everything else, and they get goals. Number two, and I'm Going to be honest with you here, this one drives me nuts in watching this team of late. Bear down, man. You know, when Kasperi Kapanen makes a beautiful play near center red to force a turnover and to head up on a partial break in the Washington zone, don't shoot it wide. What is that? This this guy has been creating so many chances for himself. It's why his advanced analytics are through the roof. He is back-checking. He is playing 200-foot hockey. But he thinks somewhere in the back of his mind that his chances will never run out. So he doesn't make the most of them. He doesn't make it a priority to hit the net or to even get off his best shot. That wasn't a close miss on Vitek Vanacek. That was... That was a good three, four feet off the bar. Can't do that. Mike Matheson's another. When we're talking about point people getting the puck to the net, Matheson can do this, but he also thinks he can do seven other things. So he'll hold the puck and he'll do that thing where he kind of squirrels down the left boards. You know what I'm talking about. And try something else and then it gets blocked and then it goes back the other way. And you wonder why he didn't just get it, drift a little bit with that elegant skating of his, including even drifting backward, which seems to be a lost art, by the way, in the NHL among defensemen anymore. Drift backward, create your own lane, and get the puck through that way. Never does it. Never does it. And there are people, sometimes, at the net who are available for that. Take care of those things, and the goals will come. They'll come for everybody, and they'll also come for that 87 guy, and everybody will find some fresh energy here. Unless they don't, and I'm completely wrong, and no one will ever score again, and they'll go on this Canada trip and lose every game and all that other bad stuff. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question and that is brought to you always in this program by fubo tv monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks fubo tv is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels including at&t sportsnet pittsburgh and right now fubo tv is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15 percent off your first month just go to fubotv.com 
slash DK. Our J1Q was going to come from my man Gene Patton, who says, DK, you called it in Friday's Daily Shot. You said the Penguins could not sustain it. I don't have a question. Just saying that I'm now officially dreading the Tuesday game against the Sabres. Gene, I don't know that I would be dreading it. I really, really believe like the Penguins need to run into a team that's going to leak a bunch of goals. I really do. That has been the Sabres for a long time, so I wouldn't dread it. I would view it as an opportunity. Let's go to an actual J1Q. This comes from Jeff Milano, who says, Holy smokes, when do the Penguins hit the panic button? Well, it's not now, Jeff, because when I think of the panic button, I invariably think of Jim Rutherford trading Carl Hagelin for no reason at all. If you recall, I mean, there's one morning Jim just wakes up and says, I need to shake up the room in the most old school way possible. These are the general managers who still refer to the position just as managers. They say in the manager of the team, which sounds a lot more baseball-ish, right? Because now you're the one who's in the dugout or in the clubhouse. They view themselves, that old guard of GMs, as the ones who will get the feel of the room, the vibe, and they'll react accordingly. They're, they're making moves aimed at chemistry. This really isn't something that the newer generation of GMs is looking at. Yes, it's still a consideration, but you listen to your coaching staff. There is now a, a bridge, or maybe the better word is barrier. The GM's not poking around in there. The GM isn't watching morning skates to study body language, which, yes, by the way, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke very much do. They see that as a big part of their jobs. I know, I know. It's the most antiquated thing, but it's still extremely common in hockey. If you are Hextall and or Burke, and you are studying this team's body language right now, I have no doubt whatsoever that you're coming to a very similar conclusion to the one that I offered in the opening segment, which is that these guys are they're beaten down. They've, they've been through a lot in the first month, and they could use some help. And help, at least theoretically, is on the way. In the interim, they could use some goals. If you look over this roster, you'd be hard-pressed to say that Hextall should make some kind of move to bolster the offense. It, it, it just doesn't ring true. There are enough guys on this roster, not even when fully healthy, but even when, you know, kind of like in this status, who should be scoring. Brian Rust should be scoring more. Okay, let's let's start naming some names here. Kasperi Kapanen, we've talked a lot about, should be scoring more. Jason Zucker has come into this season pledging that he was going to shoot more with an aim toward, you know, scoring more. Hasn't come. Zach Aston-Reese 
doesn't even come close to scoring. He doesn't even sniff the net anymore. The list actually goes deeper than that. So there are players here who could be scoring. Now, there are some who have been pleasant surprises in that regard, notably Rodriguez, but also Danton Heinen and a couple others. But the goals are here. The goals are in the sticks. They just need to make their way out. If, by the way, and you didn't ask about this, Jeff, if I'm Hextall and I'm looking to make a move, I'm getting goaltending depth. Sorry, (laughs) not to offend anybody here, but the next good thing I see from Casey DeSmith this season, and that includes training camp, preseason, and everything else, will be the first. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do it again tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.